0: Tonight, Wonder Woman's Daughter gets a one-shot, Loki Season 3, Star Wars games get a bundle, Will Lord Dex get another season, and remember costume designer Shauna Trepik. All that and more on this edition of Multiverse, tonight! Comic books, sci-fi, fantasy, and more. If you're looking for a roundup of geeky news... You're in the right place. This is Multiverse Tonight. And here's your host, Thomas Townley. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 199 of Multiverse Tonight. Yeah, 199, or next one will be a big one, 200 episodes. That's you know, that's pretty good for any podcast, but, you know, it's pretty good for anything, I guess. I'll um, you know, start off, you know, tell you a little bit about my week. I got my flu and COVID shots over this past week. And uh yeah, that COVID booster still lays you under for about for about twelve hours. Well actually I got the shot twelve hours later, it kicked in and kicked my ass for another twelve hours and then it went away. Figure that one out. So, you know, it's just whatever you know, I got about what I got about one o'clock. Kicked in about one o'clock. Went away about one o'clock. Yeah, you know. and uh, other than that, uh, had, I got a few thoughts on Ahsoka and their se- and their seasons slash series finale. You know, that's Ahsoka was a very good series. It, you know, I am not someone who's watched the clone, you know, Clone Wars or Rebels or basically any of those, and I was still able to to get it. Thanks to you know some explainer videos on YouTube, so you know it was a very you know good show, and they left it on a position where you know it's like what you know how this how does this get resolved? Does this get resolved in another season? Does get this get resolved in the supposed Dave Filoni movie that's that's out there? You know how does this get resolved? And then. We got the return of Loki this uh, past week, Loki season two. Oh, very good episode. I you know, highly recommend uh, watching the first season, which is now out on Blu-ray, and uh, you know watching the first you know first episode of the second season because it's yeah, you know, it's thought provoking. It's funny. Yeah. Anyway, let's get on and and. By the way, before we begin, I will note that this will be a rather short episode. There just wasn't that much news these past couple of weeks. Anyway, let's get on with the DC Comics news. <laughs> And we begin DC Comics News with DC kicking off a new era of Wonder Woman adventures this past week. And now DC is sending Wonder Woman number 1 back to print. Tom King and Daniel Sempre's hit issue is getting a second printing. And the Wonder Woman number 1 second printing will hit stores on October 24th for the sum total of $4.99 plus tax. The final order cutoff date is... Uh, has already passed, but the new printing will feature new artwork by Jim Lee, Scott Williams, and Alex Sinclair, and there will also be a foil printing of Wonder Woman number one for $9.99, which will be part of the Jim Lee Icon series. Now, as part of that series, the new foil cover will fit into a, has the middle triptych image of the DC Trinity, which includes Superman number seven, Batman number 608, and uh, and uh, Batman number six hundred eight was published back on September fifth, and Superman number seven, Legacy number eight hundred fifty, will be re- will be released on October seventeenth. From his work on the Suicide Squad and Peacemaker to his current job co-running DC Studios, James Gunn has helped highlight some of the weirdest and best characters of the DC Comics canon. Gunn announced in a tweet on Tuesday that he will play a new role in spotlighting the DCU's heroes and villains with the help of a new official book. The book, titled Strange and Unsung All-Stars of the DC Multiverse, a visual encyclopedia, will be, as it says, a visual encyclopedia written by Nubia and the Amazons and Wakanda comics writer St- Stephanie Williams. The book will also feature a foreword by James Gunn himself and is now available for pre-order Have its November 7th release date. In the tweet, Gunn wrote, quote, Many know I have a special fondness for the wilder corners of DC Comics, the forgotten or outlandish characters who I grew up laughing with or at, but who in every case fired up my imagination and my love of odd casts and oddball, oddballs. Now there's finally a book for folks like me, yes, including forward by me, 240 pages of Guilty Goodness with Arm Off Boy, Colonel Computron, and Mod Gorilla Boss. And so, so many more. Unquote. You know, that sounds uh, interesting and interesting, and a probably a good companion to the DC Comics Encyclopedia. For many Wonder Woman fans, these, this summer's debut of Trinity, the daughter of Wonder Woman, from a future timeline that may or may not be the mainstream DCU, was the most exciting thing, thing to happen to the character in a long time. And that excitement has carried over into Trinity getting her own book in 2024. January's Trinity special number one is a one one-shot issue written by regular Wonder Woman scribe Tom King with art by King's Wonder Woman partner, Daniel Sempore, and Belen Ortega, telling stories about Trinity, aka Lizzie, as a kid, while also hinting at what lies ahead of the character for the character. Sempere isn't the only regular King con- collaborator to contribute to the 48-page issue, with both uh, Mitch Gerens and Evan Doc Shanner offering variant covers alongside George Jimenez and Ortega, Jorge Jimenez, and Hordega, Sempre provides the main cover for the issue. The official description for the issue reads, Featuring DC's brightest new star, Trinity, discover Lizzie's earliest adventures as she takes the world on of heroes by storm. Reprinting the character's first appearance alongside hilarious tales of the little Amazon and her super son, Babysitters, this special will be an instant classic for fans old and new plus a brand new story from the all-star creative team behind Wonder Woman that will tease the future of Diana's daughter, unquote. Now, Trinity first appeared in part of the Wonder Woman number 800 in a story by King and Sam Samperi that also feature a teenage version of the character alongside Damien Wayne and John Kent, or as the description above describes them, her super son, Babysitters, an idea that came from the Between Two Toms panel at this year's San Diego Comic-Con. Trinity Special Number 1 will be released January 30th, 2024. Now let's go on to the Marvel news. During the press day for Loki Season 2, ComicBook.com spoke to series co-executive producer Kevin Wright about the possibility of Loki continuing to a third season or maybe beyond that. Turns out, it's a subject sorry already being discussed within the walls of Marvel Studios. Quote, We were certainly thinking about how we can continue to tell TVA and Lookie-based stories. Wright revealed, adding that, Quote, What I would say is season one and season two were always conceived as two chapters of the same book. We want to close this book, and I think there's a lot more books on the shelf, though. So, there you have it, folks you know, it's it's a 50-50 shot whether there's, you know, a, a third season. And it's probably right, you know, right in Tom Hiddleston's wheelhouse as to whether he wants to continue with the character or not. On to uh, some Fantastic Four news. A number of exciting names have been linked to the titular quartet for the, for the film, Reed Richards, Ben Graham, Sue Storm, and Johnny Storm. And the parts are some of the most coveted in Hollywood. To date, there's been no con- confirmation in any way for the film, and it's been been complicated by the strikes, according to uh, the director, Sh- Sheckman. One name linked to the role of Reed Richards has long been John Krasinski, who played the variant of the character in uh, Multiverse of Madness. However, Krasinski said he's unlikely to play the role again, as, that, as he told The rap back in 2002. Now, as one would expect with a project of this size and scale, plus the marvel of it all, concrete information is hard to uncover. On the casting front, uh, it was noted that the sag strike with the sag strike ongoing, it's impossible to announce anything or put a time scale on it. However, they did note that uh, the there was very exciting, uh, there was news to share with fans, and that there would be a plan in place to announce the casting as soon as the strike comes to a successful conclusion for the Actors Guild. The movie is scheduled for release on May 2nd, 2025. So, there you have it, folks. It's just up to the Hollywood producers to get off their butts and give the actors a deal they can live with. You know, I'm I'm grateful that they resolved the writer's strike. Now it's time to get the actors back to work and we can all go home. Anyway, let's go on to the Star Wars news. Roger, Roger. Star Wars news begins with Aspire and Lucasfilm Games announcing a release of the physical version of the Star Wars Heritage Pack in North America, which includes seven classic Star Wars titles from uh, past years, of course. The physical version will launch on December 8th, 2023, and will cost $59.99. And pre pre orders are already open at major retailers like Amazon, Target, Walmart, etc. Now, this will be a re-release of the Star Wars Heritage Pack, which launched in the North American eShop earlier this year. Now, there are seven titles you'll pick up in this this, uh, compilation, and five are on cartridge while Knights of the Old Republic games will need to be downloaded. Uh, Star Wars: The Force Unleashed, Republic Commando, Episode One: Racer, Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy, Jedi Knight Two, Jedi Outcast, Knights of the Old Republic, and Knights of the Old Republic Two: The Sith Lords are uh, all in the collection. And I've played Knights of the Old Republic. You know that is a good game, so you know I recommend uh, buying it while just you know while the buying is good. Anyway. In addition to streaming on Disney+, Plus, all 11 live-action Star Wars movies will also be available on Disney's linear networks, including ABC, FX, Freeform, starting this month. The arrangement stems from Disney renegotiating the existing domestic licensing agreement with Warner Bros. Discovery's Turner Networks, which will continue to carry the full suite of movies. Now, the development comes as the seven year term for uh, Turner Network's deal for the first six Star Wars movies, consisting of the two George Lucas trilogies, expired at the end of September, with the windows on the newer films staggered and to expire at different times over the next couple of years. The new co exclusive multi year deal aligns with terms of the 11 films for both the Disney and Turner networks, which will end at the same time. Now, the fate of the entire Domestic linear TV rights beyond that has not been determined. And I know, you know, you could see TNT this past weekend did show all of the Star Wars movies. But, uh, of course, I watched all the Matrix movies on on uh, other networks. Uh, anyway, let's go on to the Star Trek news. Will this season of Star Trek Lord Decks be its last? That's the rea- reality of the situation according to series creator Mike McMahon. While Star Trek Lord Dex has been renewed for another season and the team behind the animated comedy is hard to work on that season five, McMahon observes in an interview with CinemaBlend the seeming contraction of the Star Trek franchise on Paramount+, Plus, concurrent with the overall cutting back of content by streaming services, which may end up... Uh, showing the writing on the wall. Uh, McMahon opened up about how that makes him feel about Star Trek Lord X's future, and encouraged fans to be vocal about the love of their series before it gets cancelled, so that maybe it can avoid the situation in which Star Trek prodigy finds itself in now. McMahon said, quote, Yeah, I mean, listen, we're in weird times. Everything is changing. I think everything's going to continue to change. I would say nothing is safe. I don't have any bad news for anybody, but also... I think you shouldn't assume that this stuff is going to stick around unless you vocally and watch out and watch it early on. I do not know if we're going to have another season after the season we're working on right now, season five. Lord Dex could very well be just a five-season show. So, if you love Lord Dex as much as I do, I would say make sure to watch it and get people to watch it now. A Lair Ryan campaign after the show gets canceled—it's helpful but what's more helpful is campaigning to get more eyes on the show when it's airing because it gives me the ability to push for more seasons. I'd love to finish Lure decks with a plan that I have for it. I would say take Prodigy looking for a new network and take a look at Picard being wrapped at Season 3 and it has this Discovery wrapping as well. And I would say read those as signs that if you want more Lure decks, you should be vocal about now and not wait. So in other words, uh, get to watching and writing, folks. Otherwise, we might not have a, as a season six yet to come. And with that, let's go on to the Geek News. And we begin Geek News. With uh, a, little, a little bit of a pol- uh, politics story, but uh, bear with me. Saturday, Governor Gavin Newsom uh, of California signed AB 418, a bill effectively banning Skittles and other popular candy from sale within the state of California. The additives uh, impacted with the signing of the bill include bromide vegetable oil, potassium bromate, uh, pro- probably properly and paraben, and red dye number three. Now that the bill has become law, products with any of the aforementioned additives will be unable to be manufactured, sold, delivered, distributed, held, or offered for sale within the state of California beginning January first, 2027. Now, in a statement shared by Newsom's office after the bill signing, the governor points out Skittles and other candies have been able to alter the recipes for the products in their national markets, removing the banned substances. Quote, there have been many misconceptions about this bill and its impacts. For example, attached to this message is a bag of the popular candy Skittles, which became the face of this proposal. This particular bag of candy comes from the European Union, a place that already bans a number of chemical additives and colorants. This is demonstrable proof that the, film, that the food industry is capable of maintaining product lines while complying with different health, public health laws country to country. Now, the National Confectors Association itself issued a statement railing against Newsom's signing, saying that the FDA has approved the now banned ingredients for use elsewhere. Quote They're making decisions based on sound bites rather than science. Governor Newsom's approval of this bill will undermine consumer confidence and create confusion around food safety. This law replaces a uniform national food safety system with a patchwork of inconsistent state requirements created by legislative fiat that will increase food costs. This is a slippery slope that the FDA could prevent by engaging on this important topic. We should be relying on the sift on the scientific rigor of the FDA in terms of evaluating the science the safety of food and greens and additives. Unquote. Now, in addition to Skittles, Red Dye Number Three is found in Pez, hot tamales, and double bubble gum. Bromated vegetable oil is typically found in your citrus soft drinks. Now, none of the companies that produce the above candies have offered a statement about the new law. You know. I say if if you can replace them, replace them. Why why risk your your customers getting you know getting sick over your product? If you know, just do it. Don't fight it, just do it. Anyway, Netflix has renewed Classylvania Nocturne for a second season. Now the first season of the animated series debuted September 28th. It's the next installment of the Castlevania universe, picking up 300 years after the end of the original series, which ran for four seasons on Netflix. Tom Hanks is warning fans that his AI likeness is being used for an unauthorized commercial. In the clip, a much younger version of Hanks is being seen hawking some kind of dental service. The star said on Instagram, quote, Beware, there's a video out there promoting some dental plan with an AR version of me. I have nothing to do with it. Tom Hanks. And now, unquote. And needless to say, critics of this technology have seen this day coming for years now. As various businesses rush to incorporate AI as fast as possible, this kind of likeness theft is only going to become more commonplace as time goes by. Now, a lot of people uh, critical of AR and design have heralded how the, the technology could be misused in exactly this manner or worse. Yet decision makers continue to soldier on in face in the face of those objections to their own detriment. Um, basically, take everything with a grain of salt. A huge grain of salt. Anyway, uh, we close with some sad news. Shana Tropic, the Emmy-nominated costume designer who worked on the Star Wars series The Mandalorian, The Book of Boba Fett, and Ahsoka, has passed away. She was 56 years old. Tropic uh, died suddenly of an unknown cause in Palm, Palm Desert on Wednesday, according to her daughter Sarah. Who, who talked to the Hollywood Reporter. Quote, Shauna was one of Hollywood's preeminent science fiction costume designers, a creative force, a trusted collaborator, and all-around delightful person for her friends and colleagues. According, uh, her representative, Tim Cressman, said in a statement, She was a beloved member of the Star Wars Lucasfilm family, as well as the community of costume designers and the Costume Designers Guild. Shauna was a dear friend and a dream client to work with, unquote. Born in October 18, 1966, in Artesia, California, Tropic originally intended to be a truck driver in high school, but she had an art teacher who inspired her to pursue being an artist. She went on to attend Otis College of Art and Design for fashion and worked with Bob Mackie's team during her senior year. She received her first costume designer credit in 1990. Tropic... Uh, began regular work on Lucasfilm Productions in 2019, beginning with the second season of The Mandalorian, and also worked on The Book of Boba Fett and Ahsoka. Her other credits include The Ball of John St. George, Frankenstein's Monster's Monster, Frankenstein, Carrie Tiger to, to Mountain, Revival Witches of East End, The Cabin in the Woods, This is the End, Firefly, Angel, Cavell, Torchwood, Husbands, Lust, Lust for Love, and Dollhouse. Ahsoka creator Dave Filoni wrote, quote, Shauna had a deep love and appreciation for Star Wars. You can see that in every piece of work she did with us. She loved everything about being a part of these stories, including connecting with fans and being a part of that community. I feel like she was always always been a part of Star Wars. Her costumes tell a story, providing the su- suggestion of a life experience that happened before the cameras rolled. I loved working with Shauna, and I will miss her presence. John Favreau added. Her, quote, her creativity brought this world to life. She will be deeply missed both as a friend and as a colleague, unquote. Now, she earned Emmy nominations for her efforts on The Mandalorian, Boba Fett, and Season season 3 of The Mandalorian, and also won a Costume Designers Guild Award for her design work on Boba Fett. In August, uh, Tripik spoke with Gold Derby about why she loved creating designs for the science fiction genre, quote, what I enjoy about Star Wars is, having, is I have total freedom with that genre. I find the challenge of creating something from nothing incredible. I love creating worlds. I love it when we go to a new planet. I love establishing a caste system within the planet. The workers, the government, the bosses. I love creating a believable society on each planet. Shauna is uh, survived by her son, Joseph the family set up a GoFundMe page to help with her final expenses. Again, uh, Shana Tropic was 58 years old, 56 years old, excuse me. And that brings us to the uh, end of the show for today. Now, uh, please be sure to check us out on social media. We're at Twitter, at Multiverse Tom. We're also on Facebook and Instagram as well. And now you can uh, also friend me over on uh, threads, uh, just look for Multiverse Tonight. Now, uh, if you found value in the show, and I hope you did, uh, please feel free to contribute to the show. Check our show notes, visit our Tea Public Store, and so much more at MultiverseTonight.com. There's just you know links there for everything. If you're a subscriber, thank you very much. Be sure to share us with friends, family, heck, enemies. If you're brand new to the show, thank you very much. Uh, Please be sure to hit that subscribe button. If you want to leave some feedback and let us know how we're doing, that would also be appreciated. Special thanks to Shane Ivers for the intro music and Lobo Loco for the outro theme music. Thanks for watching this edition of Multiverse Tonight. Uh, Be back with us in two weeks for the 200th edition of Multiverse Tonight. And uh, hopefully someday soon, another edition of the Spinner Rack. Now please, exit the universe in an orderly fashion. Good night. Multiverse Tonight is a production of Half-Baked Genre Productions, copyright 2023, all rights reserved. This podcast is part of the Pop Goes the Culture podcast network. Find out more about our other podcasts at PopGoesTheCulture.com.